This is Tipping the Galaxy with your hosts, Tony Agnello and Stephanie Hoskins. So this is a, a podcast for Tipping the Galaxy? I think that's what we called it, right? Yeah, Tipping the Galaxy. So you asked... Um, if I knew about it, but it, the, but the, so Neil, Stephanie, and I. My name is Tony Agnello. We all belong to a networking group in Lakeland, Florida, and uh, I, I reached out to that group and I said that I would like to partner with somebody with a, a writing task. And Stephanie said, "I, I write. Let's talk." So um, I brought a bunch of ideas to her, and she brought some ideas back to me, and we started talking about the idea for. Um, I've called it. Um, an idiot's guide to tipping, tipping Bible. I, I called it all sorts of things over the last 20 years, but I, I worked in restaurants a lot of my life, bartended and served cooked, and I always had the idea that um, talking about tipping um, and writing about tipping, the the, um, the nuances of, of how much to tip and who to tip and how to tip and the people you tip, because you know, you're tipping a server at Denny's differently than you're tipping a server at a steakhouse, a barista different than McDonald's, cab driver in New York different than a cab driver in, in California. So the idea was nobody knows all the nuances and what the formalities are for tipping. So to try to put it in one space for somebody to hopefully digest it and, and get something out of was the idea. And we started talking about it, but the more you talk about it, the more you realize it's a giant subject. And it's something that would, would probably be a, a, a huge volume if we were to do it kind of, a, you know, intricately all the way right so so we thought maybe just talking about it with random people and starting to blog about that and then finding different volumes of it would be an interesting way to start you know researching the topic and then finding what voice we wanted and how to go at writing it right yeah and and so what I know about tipping is I I've never been in the service industry so I've never relied on tips to survive I've always been the consumer right and providing the tip, but I've traveled a lot and I noticed the differences between traveling internationally and whether it's state to state or even the area of wherever you are, the location, like maybe the, the outlet that you're utilizing and what's expected. And so sometimes when you sit down, you already see that it's written into the tab. And so you don't do you tip more? Do you tip less? I mean, there's a whole culture behind it. And that's, I think that's what we're going for. And so it'll be interesting to hear your perspective, Neil, on what you think about the tipping culture. And we've given you almost no heads up about what this was about, which which is, it's going to be a little bit different for, I think, normal guests. We want them to fill out some sort of application almost for, to see if they're an interesting person. But we knew you well enough to, to think that you would translate through the podcast. Interesting. Yes. And, and then we, we also, you know, I think when you were talking about yourself the other day, you said that you really like being a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. yeah. So that, that said, why not have Neil on yeah. and talk about pizza delivery tipping? And we thought that'd be a good place to start. So okay. um, I'm going to start with the questions that we're going to try to formalize and try to be, right. be structured. This is going to be the rough structure of the podcast. So, you know, who, who are you? Uh, my name is Neil Shelton. I'm a mortgage broker with Compass Mortgage here in Lakeland, Florida. I've been there since November 2017. Prior to that, I worked in retail banking. I was a service manager for Wells Fargo. I've worked in credit repair. I've worked in finance and real estate going back since 2007. Um, I've been a business owner with a friend of mine. I have uh, been a pizza delivery driver. I've worked at just about every kind of pizza you can think of and in the restaurant industry. So for that, that was probably from the time I was 16 until early 20s going through college. Um, 
I also worked for Department of Homeland Security. I was a transportation security officer for a few years. Wow. Is, yeah, I didn't care for it, but <laughs> not, not for me. But that's what I do. I'm a father, I'm a husband, dog dad. You like your dogs more than your kids? I do like my dogs more than my kids, <laughs> most days. Definitely more than my son. I like my daughter most of the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm married. My wife is Ashley. I was married once before that. My kids are a product of my first marriage. And uh, Ashley and I have been together for nine years, married for five this next week. And uh, we have no kids together, with the exception of the, the dogs. Yeah. So. Where were you, uh, where'd you come from? So I'm originally from Southern Illinois, a small town, Ducoin, Illinois. It's about 6,000 people, it's southeast of St. Louis, about 90 minutes. So there's really not a whole lot to do. Easy to get in trouble. Everybody knows who you are, who your parents are, who your grandparents were. Everybody knows everything. So I moved down here to, I moved to Lake Wales with my dad in 2012. Then I moved around quite a bit, got divorced, you know, moved around some more. And then by the grace of God, I met Ashley. And, you know, my life is, is, uh, is a very, very much more calm now <laughs> than, it, than it was then. So... Did you come from, uh, were your parents kind of lower class, middle class, higher class? Yeah, so I would say we're middle class. Both my parents worked for the state. My dad worked for corrections, and my mom worked for uh, public aid. I, I forget what it's called. Public aid, she kind of, she headed up that department for years. She was like a regional director, but that you know, took her some years to get there. My parents divorced when I was 14, and then, uh, you know, I was with my mom majority of the time after that. This, this is what, it's the first one. What does the tip say about the tipper? Oh, what does the tip say about the tipper? I think their understanding of how tips work. Um, I think you can tell a lot by someone by the way that they tip. Um, you can tell usually if they've worked in the service industry, if they've ever worked for tips before. Probably the biggest thing I think you can you can tell from someone from the tippy or the tipper. I guess. Yes. Well, I'm gonna. That's the next one. So it's the idea of the person tipping versus the person getting tipped. What does it say? Because I, I have my own opinions, but I'm just curious. It's, it's my main question. It's what, what do you think a tip is, and what does that say about the person giving it and receiving it? Because it's a question of value, and yeah. it's kind of, you know, where do you see that? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's a metric of a job well done. You know, in your, your, there are positions at work, and this, this line has gotten blurred, in my opinion, over the years. When I go into Starbucks now and I swipe my card and they ask me for a tip, who am I tipping? I don't, I don't know who I'm tipping. Am I tipping the cashier? Am I tipping the barista? So where does that go? Does it get divvied up at the end? So to me, I want to know where it's going because if I would rather tip the person making my coffee, I'm not tip the person that you know, punched on the keyboard. To me. Do you feel obligated to give because it asks you that on the screen? Sometimes, yeah, but lately, no. I've been <laughs> saying no, probably because I've been going a lot more. <laughs> uh, it's been, uh, yeah, I've been burning the candle at both ends lately. But, um, yeah, to me, it's more of a job well done. It's a measure of service. Now, when you, a sit-down restaurant and you're waiting, you know, if I'm constant, if, if I don't see you, you know, you come and you go and I don't see you and glasses aren't being filled and all of that, I will still tip, but it'll be on the lower scale. Like, because I think there are certain positions that are, like a, a waitress, I think the minimum wage, you know, this was years ago, three ninety five an hour, those, if you're making minimum wage or minimum wage plus, I don't think gratuity is necessarily a part of, of that. 
um, of your pay scale, or, whereas a waitress or a waiter, someone who is, you know, they need those to survive, you know, to make ends meet. So to me, that, I would still tip under that situation, but it's not going to be the same as someone who gave stellar service and is going to get, you know, a, lar a larger percentage. So do you tip mostly on custom? You know, it's like, the, I think most people understand that 15% is probably the low end, maybe 10 to 15% for mm -hmm. the server, and then upward to 30% is probably the high end, Higher I think, end. in most people's minds. Mm -hmm. Is that generally where you end up from the bill? Yeah, so usually I'm in between 20 to 30 in most cases, whenever we, we go and we sit down somewhere. Now, I'll, I'll jump ahead and kind of the ideas, but... Um, we were asking our kids about this on the on the fun one. So you go to a steakhouse and you sit down for an hour with your wife and your bill is $200. And you go to, let's say Longhorn or to steakhouse, but it's not nearly as expensive. You sit down and it's $60. The server does basically the same job. Mm. Are, you, are you tipping based on percentages or do you, I mean, do you tip on the fact that same person, same wage, same job, you know, but, but is the, the, the statue or the, the stature of the place, you know, and the uh, the amount of the bill, does that factor in that much? Yeah, to me, I think it's a starting point, in my opinion. And then I come in, I look at the service that was provided. I mean, there's been, so you know, times where I've given uh, more to the Steak and Shake when Steak and Shake had waitresses and waiters, you know, and I'd have a cup of coffee or, or you know, and some fries or something and leave a 20. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that was way more. You know, I don't even know what the percentage was, but then... There's situations where I've gone into a, and had a meal and actually tip less based on the service. So to me, I think it's a starting point is the percentage of the subtotal. Uh, I sound probably sound terrible. <laughs> like, don't include don't tip on tax. But um, you know, um, but yeah, it, it, that's an interesting point. You know, if, for those that are tipping just a percentage, you know, on the bill and someone who's doing the same job. To me, if you're in that nice of a restaurant. To me, my expectation is higher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, it, it warrants a higher level of service because of the atmosphere or dress code or the occasion. You know, I expect things to be, you know, a little better, but. Uh, yeah. We make all sorts of assumptions based on the establishment that we step into. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not true. You know, whether or not someone is, you know, qualified to work at that restaurant or not, you know, or, or we're at an Applebee's and we might be walking through one of the best servers in Lincoln, you know, like, you know, just because they're at an Applebee's doesn't mean that they're not um, fantastic at their job, but it's, it, I think so much of what we tip is derived on the value that we give the establishment, which is something I didn't realize until we talked to the kids. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, because I, and the next part about the, the tippee, the person getting tipped, it's, we do because I, I served for a long time. I mean, I bartended. There are servers, and I think I got over it pretty quick. Where I understood, for me, the tip was more about the person giving the tip and less about the person receiving the tip, because that person had all sorts of things that measured up in their life to that point where they had an expectation. So when they did give the tip, there wasn't the nuance that you were talking about. It was strictly a basis of percentage on bill or whatever. Um, but I, I promise you that a lot of people that work in the industries that get tipped most, if they get a bad tip on like a $100 bill, like a $5 tip, they're crying in the back mm -hmm. because they derive so much value from, you know, they didn't like me, they didn't think I did a good job. So the, yeah. the tip to the tippy is, you know. Well, I think there's a lot that plays into that though. I mean, it, when I had first started out, uh, you know, we, I worked for a place and it was a lot of older clientele mm -hmm. and they tipped 50 cents. 
you know, and this was in the late 90s, you know, it was still not a lot of money, but it was a lot more. You could fill up your gas tank for, you know, 15 bucks. And, you know, I, I think there's there's inflation and then there's there's time, you know, where some people are just stuck in a certain time, mm-hmm. that, that that's a good tip to them. And it's not meant to be insulting or anything like that, but they're just, that's where they came from, where two, two 50 right. cents was a lot of money to them then fixed income and you know all those things kind of play into it but yeah I can definitely see where someone puts their worth based on the tip that they're getting and then can take it as insulting and so when you guys were serving did you could you spot or maybe say oh this isn't gonna go well <laughs> we all stereotype whether you want it or not I mean we do um it, 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 you're gonna go through the motions on someone but I think those are the times from pizza delivery you would learn who would tip where and you knew who wouldn't it doesn't mean you wouldn't get up and end up with those you know those deliveries sometimes that are far out and you know they tip 50 cents or you know they tip a buck um but sometimes you just want a car ride so it's fine but you would try to structure around you know around that or you would know who would tip what so that's from the majority of my experience comes from but as far as visually seeing someone and knowing if they're going to tip i mean yeah i think you probably Probably some people do it. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, stereotypes are giant. When you're serving, serving. people, like you, you, you get expectations, and I, I mean, a lot of times they're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are rules that there's a lot of exceptions, but yeah. you know, but I promise you that certain stereotypes, when a waiter walks up to them, they've got ideas in their head, and the service changes based on those ideas oh, that really? they all the time, for mm-hmm. sure. You know, it, 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 everyone's different, right? Everyone grows up with certain biases. Um, so if the biases are greater, you know, it changes it you know, vastly. Um, the, the, the type of service that you might get from somebody. Yeah. So we focused so far in the conversation a lot about food and tipping, but what about the services now that are expecting tips that are outside of the food industry? Um, what do you feel about that? So what industries are we talking about specifically? Um, like hotels, say? like even like for your room, turn down yeah. service, things like that. I, I see more of that. Like, you know, they'll have little placards in the room to leave tips or even like at a hair salon. Well, you may not know a whole lot about that. Do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do you account, <laughs> encounter a lot of tipping that's not food related right now or... Can you think about so it? when you when you when you say that, what I felt like that was an older custom, you know, where, and I, I mean I'm not that old, but I think, you know, in talking with people and then shows that you watch, there used to be that kind of service where you know you go to your room and they'd have to be able to bring up a bottle of champagne or bring a steak dinner or something, and now it's like this nasty pizza or whatever, <laughs> and of course you tip that person, but you know I have left on occasion like something in the hotel room but honestly you don't stay in places that are that nice okay (laughs) but when we do it's like i'm thinking like spa service and things like that yeah you know we tip um but in the airport when you used to go up and check your bag at the curb and you'd give them a five right you know valet those kinds of things when i did drink i would tip per drink and a lot of people will tip at the end of the night or they have their own ways of doing it but i was always tipping you know per drink i got a lot better as the night went on i guess <laughs> it's usually empty your wallet yeah yeah so you're i mean if you're an expert 
um, opinion about tipping, it would be pizza delivery. So, mm-hmm. not that it's current, but I'm curious about because I something I haven't done is pizza delivery. Yeah. So I would assume it's again bill boxes, um, you know, time. I think those would be the biggest factors. And obviously, you stereotype areas. You know, the nicer areas are getting better tips, or does it not matter? Yeah, where I'm from, I mean, I said a very small town, so it was more you kind of knew based on name, and it didn't matter where they were at. You know, on the west side of town, the east side of town, you kind of learned who would tip on what. And it's interesting looking back on this now, thinking about it. I don't ever think it was based on, you know, the total or anything like that. You know, how quick you got it there. But I think I think people knew what they were going to give you based on, and it may have been based on the total. So if it's, you know, $16 or something, it's easier just to give you a 20 than have you given back $20 right. or something since, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it was to me then at that time. You know, $5, $4 was a great tip, you know, but gas was cheaper. But you had the car maintenance and things like that. But that was my job, you know. I mean, you'd come in and then you'd go out, come in and go out. You'd spend the whole night driving, so... What was your uh, wage? Was it minimum or was it less? Because I, I honestly don't know. But. No, it was. I, I want to say it was less back then. So I think minimum wage back then was five something an hour, mm-hmm. and I think I made uh, three something an hour, and then plus you got a dollar for each delivery, and then whatever your tip was. Hmm. So I remember being 16 years old, and I was making, you know, 150 dollars, 175 dollars a week, and I was that's, like, this yeah, is that's great. Nice. You know, I'm driving around in my truck all night, you know, <laughs> listening to music and delivering pizza, so yeah. Did they give you any amount that goes towards gas, or is that the dollar per delivery? It was the dollar per delivery, and I, I delivered for Domino's at one point, and they were a little different. They were, I mean, it was more co- corporate control, so I worked for like a mom and pop, uh, Orlando's um, was the name of it. It was a family-owned, which was great pizza we had loved it growing up and then you know i worked there it was just kind of like a small town dream you know <laughs> but it was nice and then you get into the corporate world where everything was a little more you know and i don't know what i made at those other places but it was less per delivery mm-hmm. and it was a little more controlled on you know there would there would be someone in charge of you know who would go where you couldn't kind of structure your deliveries like oh i see that ticket it's going to take 20 minutes to get done i'm going to take a little bit longer from this delivery so that i time it right to get back so I mean, those are the things where they would, you know, they would have specific instructions to each driver, you know, who could take what. Did you make more tips at Orlando's than you did at Domino's? I know it was a different time frame, but comparatively. Yeah, no, I would say it was probably about the same. Even though Uh, the quality of pizza may have been different. Yeah, I mean, the quality was different. That's interesting, too. I didn't really think about that. I mean, it was different times too. So, like day times of day and things like that. You know, for dinner, it seemed like you would get more, more tip. Yeah. You know, dinner than lunch would be. It was Less. usually smaller, but yeah, interesting. You'd, you'd not get tipped at all sometimes. I think that's pretty true. Lunch versus dinner. I think dinner usually mm-hmm. cleans up as far. Because it's probably a larger tab, you think, and more group than yeah, I individual. I, you know what I really think? I mean, it. it <laughs> I think it's like the feeling when you're at work and it's just, I really feel like it has a lot to do with emotional. That. And when, yeah. And when you're, yeah. yeah, exactly. And when you're off work and especially if you're on friends and family and you're having pizza, it's just kind of one of those, we're a Friday pizza night is our family night, pizza night. And so it's just very loosey goosey. Everybody feels good. We're having More generous. Pizza. Yeah. You just, yeah. the end of the week, you know, 
And I just feel like I, I think that definitely played into it, at least in, in some scenarios. So. How, uh, how many pizzas do you think, he, you know, based on per hour, like would they possibly deliver? How many deliveries, not pizzas? How many deliveries? Yeah, we're, we're like an average, because uh, I, I mean, I, we're, we're trying to also get um, information mm -hmm. about these different things. So. Yeah, so again, very small town, and I, I lived there for a very long time, and I didn't realize what traffic was. I mean, everything was really spread out. Mm -hmm. So, very rural, and I joke, you know, when someone says, you know, oh, that's a 30-minute drive, or, you know, drive to Auburndale from Lakeland, and I'm like, that's nothing. We used to drive 90 minutes to go to Olive Garden. That's no joke. Like, oh, my did. Lord. There was nothing around us. So when I took my wife up the first time, she was during the holidays and she wanted a, a peppermint mocha from Starbucks. And she said, I can't wait. It's going to be cold and get it. And I was like, there's no Starbucks where I'm from. And so, you know, I still tell that story. But there's really nothing. She calls it a drive through town. I mean, there is nothing there. But, you know, I've had, I had times where you could take four or five on one single run, you know, if you timed it right. But I knew you know, where people were, I knew where they lived, I knew the back roads, I knew how to get there quick. So, I mean, it was it was fun, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, it really depends on where it was at, if they were in town, if they were farther out, I mean, you could kind of time it, but you could probably do five or six an hour. Okay. In some and cases. Normally like eight to 10 hour shifts or? Four to 11, three to 11, stuff like that. And there'd be, you know, times I'd work 11 to eight, like on a weekend day, that was a lot of prep work and stuff. So during that shift, now that I'm remembering, I would get paid different, but that was for Rolando's where they weren't really, you know, it wasn't that corporate kind of structure. All right, and how often do you think that you get stiffed on a tip when you're delivering pizza? And what's kind of stiff is like anything, you know, if it's man. 1972 and they leave you 20, I kind of count that as a stiff. Yeah, man, this is 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, how often? I mean, it would happen a couple times a night. Really? Yeah. A night? I would have thought more, honestly, because it's the same for serving. But I would think pizza delivery is even less of a custom. So, so in serving, yeah. even at like a sit-down restaurant, People get stiffed all the time. Wow. To me, that 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 blows my mind. I know they. I know it happens, but that just yeah. is crazy to me. If yeah. you're going out, and like I said, if the service is terrible, I'm still tipping. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, that that I just it's just a. You, if you're going out to eat and you're gonna sit down, it's it's part of it. Yeah, I feel like if you don't have the money to tip, then you shouldn't, shouldn't be exactly. eating. One hundred percent. I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean we're all the same age group and kind of you know we we're not uh, too worried about the next, but the, it changes things for sure. Yeah. Um, biggest tip you ever got delivering pizza? Oh, I think I got a hundred dollars one time, but it was for like an event. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot of pizzas. So you know you're fitting them in, mm. and however you can, however many pizza bags, like six in a bag, and a big event. So yeah. A fair amount of twenty dollar tips, or were those pretty rare? No, that was rare. Pretty rare. Yeah. No, I mean, it good, like I said, a good tip was five, five dollars and up. I would be that was a good tip, yeah. But like I said, that was a long time ago. Do you have anything right now? Oh, I just am curious, like, how you feel about the tipping culture as a whole, um, not based on like our opinions or what we've shared today, but what do you think it's. I think it's kind of out of control right now, but I guess I don't really understand what's happening. Like, it doesn't matter where you go, you swipe your card, you pay, you're being asked to tip. And some, it's like 
there's another step. I won't be surprised that self-checkout at Walmart will be asking me a tip. Like, where's that going to go? I mentioned that last week in our little test run. Yeah, it's, it, again, I just don't know where it goes, and maybe that's my own, it sounds, my own ignorance. Like, who, who am I tipping? Is it going into a bowl and it's getting divided up between everybody? Because there are places like that. So my son works at Panera, and he makes sandwiches, and then he gets a certain wage. So... It's okay to say it. Like he, he's 16. I can't. He's terrible. I get everything. <laughs> he's terrible at dishes. He's terrible at the trash. And they, and they were like, we'll pay him 13, 15 an hour. It blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. When I was started working at the bank, I made a little bit less than that. I, I, I but it was part time, and I didn't want a full time job. And is he so, terrible because he doesn't want to work, or is it because he's just hasn't been trained? He doesn't. So like washing dishes, like there's always something on them. The trash, like take the trash out, he'll take two or three. You know, it's just he's very complacent and he's never had a job. So I was like, hey, we'll see how this goes. Um, so now I think they're keeping him out of necessity. He says it's because he does a great job, but then he says, you know, oh, we're short on staff. And I was like, oh, that's why you still have a job. <laughs> so, but he makes the sandwiches and then the gratuity is part of that. So like with your tips, they say it'll average out to like 14, 15 an hour. So that's part of his compensation plan. We so they divvy it up mm-hmm. to the entire crew that night. Yep. Wow. Do they so, spread it to, they have a back. So I know Panera specifically, they bake in the morning at like 3 a.m. I wonder if they're cutting on right. gratuity Yeah, if it's like a per shift thing. Like, yeah. hey, this was gratuity during our shift. Everybody, you know, how does that work? Yeah. So I kind of like that idea, honestly. I like that idea in restaurants, even um, because cooks make cooks have always made close to minimum wage. If they're making two dollars more than minimum wage, I think they're the, like the king cook, and it's crazy because a bad server might make twenty to twenty-five an hour. Where I mean, I worked in restaurants years ago, but my, the cooks were making ten or eleven dollars an hour. And they're working way harder, yeah, way yeah. more responsible for the success oh, of the Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm yeah. thinking. They're really the ones who end up, re- it's a reflection on the waiter or waitress, and it's it's unfortunate at times. Yeah, and I've worked that too, working as a cook in the restaurant, and you're right. And that probably, I, that was, besides the delivery pizza, you know, delivering pizza, it's more a nostalgic thing, probably, than anything. <laughs> but cooking, I, I enjoy it more than anything. Like, hmm. I love to cook, and if I could make a decent living and being a cook i would do it i enjoy the rush yep. you know i enjoyed the task list i enjoyed the prep it's, it's a lot of fun it, it is really it, it's it's it's, a, it's it's so methodical it, it's meditative it is and, and the you're, other thing is zoned. it's like a buzz you, you know? get in a rush too so like he, he was talking about if, he, if he's loading up pizzas and he's got a mind i mean he's got the mind to do things in order right and that's the same thing with cooking because you'll get 20 tickets and you've got to put different ingredients in different spots and, to get them to come out at the same time. So it's a big deal to be able to run a kitchen. And oh, not have huge, yes. One ticket go 40 minutes and one ticket go 12 minutes and have all of them be consistent coming out on time and hot. Yeah. It's a big deal. And they don't get taken care of nearly as well. And I, and I worked at mostly, like, I worked at Olive Garden and Applebee's and stuff like that. So those are assembly line kitchens. You mm-hmm. know, you, you, you've got different... Um, procedures for everything that they cook and you know the times on them and everything but just to keep it in order it takes a lot um, I always feel bad for the uh, the guy going to culinary school says I love to cook and I know that they're in a year or two they're gonna have fifty thousand dollars in debt and they're gonna be making eleven dollars an hour <laughs> for the next ten to fifteen years yeah. it's crazy to me so I always like the idea of tips in a restaurant being divvied up completely but again they pay the servers three to four yeah. or five dollars an hour so that's not yeah. how it works 
I mean, that would be a rare occasion where you'd get someone that would want to actually tip the chef, mm -hmm. you know, or I want to tip the cook or something like that. Because I did, I worked in uh, like a restaurant that was, was ironically the same, the people that later bought Rolando's, but anyway, they had a steakhouse and I worked there. So it was, you know, a locally owned company and you'd get that occasionally you cook a good steak, they'd come up to the window and hey, they'd want to tip me directly. Wow. So. But yeah, I, I agree, and that you know the whole purpose of meditation is to you, you kind of kind of go somewhere else, is to think about nothing. And when you're kind of in that zone, and you're going, you're thinking about nothing, and it's almost like and then you look up and six hours have gone by, and you're like, oh my gosh, how how did we get here? I've been reading a book, and he calls it flow. So I think meditation is yeah. slightly different, but it's mm -hmm. getting into a zone where like it's challenging to you, and you you're going step by step, so you you forget about everything else yeah. in the past and in the future and you focus on the present and getting something yes. done and then time passes quickly and you feel you feel pretty at peace at the, in, in those times so i agree like it happened to be serving and bartending too but but running a kitchen was for sure like that almost yeah. all the time because you've got to be such uh strict with your order and discipline about how you do things yeah and i think the best part <laughs> looking back now is when you were clocked out and you were done uh -huh. you know that i it was done and now as a business owner you know it's never done. never done it never stops you're always thinking about something it's always moving forward and, and you've so, never taken a shower as good as the shower you took after you cooked for 10 hours <laughs> for 10 hours it's, just, it's the best shower of your life every time you get done cooking because you you've spent every bit of energy that you have and you're ready to fall down but huh. you're also disgusting yeah, you were you were disgusted. When you're done with a cooking shift, you smell bad, you look bad, you feel bad. But take yeah. a shower, go to bed, you feel great. Yeah. So no, it definitely, definitely. I like the idea of splitting it up, and so it's good that I think, at least I think it's it's going that way with some of these restaurants. But yeah, I, I'm just confused by all of it, how it got here, and then you know, it's almost like, is it expected? Is it not expected? Who am I tipping? Well, we were What's talking about um, kids because we were talking about different establishments, but I, I think the precipice of what you're talking about was the, the square readers and the, mm -hmm. because they made it automated and they gave it to us, right? So here, finish the check and then it's a simple, okay, we'll add a screen that says, would you like to leave a tip on something that maybe people tipped on sometimes? And then when maybe the server's not even looking, but then... They're standing feel, right there. You feel guilty of you. I mean, and yeah. maybe you don't, but I mean, if you don't put a dollar on that coffee that costs two ninety six that I get every morning, you feel guilty that you didn't give yeah. that person something. And 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 then I feel petty if I if I sell other tip and put fifty cents instead of a dollar or twenty five cents instead of a dollar. It's not percentages anymore. I can at least give a dollar to the guy, right? But a dollar three hundred times a year is three hundred dollars. So I've been conducting my own social experiment over the last couple of days, <laughs> and I have been purposely selecting zero and then waiting to see if the demeanor changes. And then I'm pulling out, I'm slowly pulling out a dollar <laughs> in cash in my wallet, which I have cash, believe it or not. Yeah. So I want to see, and it, it does actually, in some cases, you can't see it. It doesn't make me feel guilty or not, but then <laughs> it does make me kind of slip that dollar back in my pocket. Because you don't know, I don't have to put it on my card. But to me, like as a business owner, this is the greatest thing ever invented. I can just... Am I, because are the employees getting it? Are the employees even know? I know, that's yeah. my concern. When I see that, I try to use cash because I'm always afraid. Like, if it's just automatically going into the, the you know, funnel of revenue, how do I know that their managers 
divvying it out on their paychecks. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, it just all goes back to me, like, it's a measure of service, and when when it becomes expected, what what do I have what what is pushing me to provide that service to want to be better because there's things I learned from pizza delivery and things I learned from being in a kitchen that I apply to my business today so if we're not rewarding it if we're you know it's expected and that entitlement kind of plays in you know I feel like maybe I'm overthinking it but to me I just think it's important yeah I, I think again I mean it's super important the whole Everything you learn from, from everything is uh, it's all applicable. Um, so we had a question about, uh, so we did an unlimited amount of money. So you're Steve Bezos, right? And, um, and you go and you get, what, what were we say? You took your family out for, for a night. It's a $10,000 check. So when money's not an option, what would you tip a server? I would tip the same. I mean, on a normal, regular, be creative with the answer if you want to, but the idea is... You have an unlimited source of income. Mm-hmm. And so you have this $10,000 check. Does that change the way you leave a tip? Yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I would want to... Yeah, I mean, how, how great would it be to leave a $1,000 tip and make someone's year? Right. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, and we were talking about it on... Um, how big of a tip does it need to change a person's life year, day, week, you know, right? Like, because it's all different. Because right. a $100 tip might change your week, you know, at least back in the 90s, right? Right. A $1,000 tip would change your month. Um, but I mean, unlimited amount of money, like, you know, I mean, $100,000, right? If money doesn't matter, right. but would, could you change someone life with, someone's life with a tip? Or how they think about, the, you know, the, the whole society or the, the people that are, that are, that are rich, right? Because personally, I found that the people that have more money generally tighter with it mm-hmm. um, so you know I've always said that the, the rich guy that had a hundred dollar bill that left me 15 or 20 dollars I'm much more thankful for the single mom that had a ten dollar bill that left me four dollars you know I mean even the percentages don't count the fact that the person that I was living check to check is leaving something that's substantial to them where the yeah. person that's doesn't the money doesn't matter at all to them they're leaving based uh, on a, a custom you know, the 15 to 20 to 25 percent custom. Mm-hmm. See, and that's the part I think is missing from that experiment. Like on the surface, do I? It, it's it's on the money alone. Like if there's no conversation. You know, is there a conversation? What is the person like? How well do they do their job? You know, there's so many elements that could play into it. But on the surface, yeah, I would sit here and say, yeah. You know, I would. I definitely want to make somebody's year. Yeah. You know, with a tip. I think that's a, it's a cool power that you have by tipping people. You know, you can change their day, right? Mm-hmm. At the very least, right? Every time that you are served by someone, you can literally change their day by showing them that you appreciate them and give them more than they were expecting. So I think that's a pretty cool, you know, thing that a lot of people do with tipping. I'm sure that you've done it before, but if you leave a hundred on a, you know, a hundred fifty dollar bill, yeah. you make someone's week. Well, we so. We're very creatures of habit in my household. Uh, we go to the same restaurants over and over, and I order literally the same dish everywhere I go, which I realized the other day that I really need to try some new stuff. But uh, we like Rib House. Have you ever been to Rib House in Lakeland? Yeah. Okay. So that's our breakfast spot, sometimes lunch spot, because it's just so eclectic that we can take the family there and everyone will be satisfied because they have Asian and sushi and 
American and anyway but one of the servers there is Nugget um, and well she's moved now to a different restaurant we're a little heartbroken about that but we like to leave a generous tip for her because we've built a relationship with her and she knows we don't need a menu she doesn't give us menus she knows we want coffee she gives us the extra cup of water she you know so it's it's not I it's awkward at times, especially on the holiday occasions, because we'll leave more for her. But um, I look forward to having a meal with Nugget. That's our our server. Um, so when we get Michelle or you know Melissa or whoever, I'm always a little disappointed because I want Nugget. Yeah. Now you've got to ask for that second glass of water. Yeah. Or coffee or you know she's giving you a menu. We don't need menus. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, ironically, I, I, so the house we bought last year and we've been fixing up is the people that own the rib house, or at least own, you used to own the rib house. Yeah. They used to own the house we bought, so. That's fun. Well, I mean, what do you think about the idea of the, the, the talking about tipping in different professions? And... No, it's eye-opening, uh, you know, some of the questions that, you know, the, the behaviors we do that I don't even realize we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just so caught up in our day-to-day and what we're doing in our lives and what we're thinking about and we're just kind of programmed to a certain degree except in those situations where someone's made an impact on our life or you know we really get to know them and we want to help them you know like the freds mm-hmm. um you know the breakfast last year and then right before christmas and they yeah. give given the large tip and they break down you know and it's like it's hugely impactful yeah, and i think it's so impactful and it's it, it, i don't think a lot of people connect this all the time but you have the power every time you do that to, to really affect someone's life. And we, we go to, I think I've said this to you before, but core is important to me because I get to connect with people that I feel like have a similar experience in life that I do. They can at least understand some of what I go through. So the connectedness that I feel to the people at the group, even if I don't say a word to them, is, is vast and, and it helps me. But being able to empathize with the server or anybody taking care of me and be able to help them mm-hmm. or think that I made a difference in their life, it's substantial to me. So I, I, I was in the service industry for a long time, and I'm, I'm blessed to, to I, I'm not nowhere near anything well off, but at least I, I can leave big enough tips to make a difference or, or make someone's day. So I do it as often as I can just because, and it's selfish. It's not, it's not a generous right. thing. That's what people don't get about charity sometimes is it's a selfish thing because I like the feeling that I helped out another human being. It makes me you know, think that I, do, you know, I, I did a better job in life. So before we close out, I do have two more questions. What can a server do to maybe increase their chances of getting a better tip? Do you have any suggestions for them that may be listening? And two, on the flip side, as consumers, what should we consider outside of maybe the lack of service or the best service or what, what can we consider to be generous in tipping when you feel led to. Okay, so the first question was again... The server to increase their tip. What can the server do to increase their tip? You know, it's tough because it's really situation-based. I'm a rapport person. I always try to, like, build rapport, ask questions, and even with my servers, you know, I kind of want to get a feel for them. I use their name, you know, be professional. when you speak, hey, you know, Tony, how are you today? Mm-hmm. You know? Things like that. So, but then you have people that don't want that. They don't want, they want to be, they're there for a purpose and they want to be left alone. So it's tough to say. So I know your audience, I guess, would would be. Yeah, read the know, room. Read the room. 
Um, use your visual clues because that's going to help you if you're not a server down the road. I know it's helped me tremendously in sales, you know, using visual clues to build rapport and kind of find that and then leverage that to like, you know, because everybody's on the defense, especially in a sales position. It's just everybody's got their guard up and you've got to find something, you know, some common ground before they'll kind mm -hmm. of lower that guard and then hear you because at the end of the day, you know, what I have is the best there is. And I so that's why I need you to listen to me. So, yeah, those kinds of things. So, and then the second question. As a consumer, before you stiff somebody. Yeah. I mean, this is just a, we are all human, and I think we all get caught up in our own crap. You know, we have the pity me, and, you know, my life is going terrible. And it's like, we never know what someone else is going through. And this was very apparent recently for me. I'll try not to get emotional, but we lost one of our dogs, you know, a couple weeks ago. And thank you. And there was a lot going on. I was very busy, and I was getting upset with people for reaching out to me because they, they didn't, you know, I'm being honest. Like, I, I didn't verbally get upset with them, but I'm internally getting upset with them because how damn they right now? Like, I'm with my family. You know, I need to take a few hours mm -hmm. to kind of process and deal with something. And so, in that kind of situation, you never know what someone, we talk about it all the time, you don't know what happened to someone, what their day is like, what they're going through. And I think it's important to kind of, when you go out and you interact with people, no matter the situation, is to kind of recognize that we're all human, we're all going, we're all, none of us are getting out of here alive. Right. <laughs> we're all living a very human experience and we're all flawed and, you know, give grace. Mm -hmm. So very good. Anything else from you? Like, thank you very much for coming yeah. by and, and doing this uh, this podcast with us. Thank you for tuning into Tipping the Galaxy with Tony Agnello and Stephanie Hoskins, featuring Neil Shelton.